Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Nonprofit Fundraiser Podcast. We interview the top nonprofit fundraisers and marketers in order to provide you with practical insights for increasing generosity. You can learn more by going to virtuouscrm.com. And now, let's turn it over to our host. Hey, everybody. Today, we have Nate Hughes with us. Um, Nate is a VP of Partnerships at One Mission. Uh, Nate has a degree from Arizona State. He went to Phoenix Seminary and has a master's in biblical studies and spent several years actually doing work in the Czech Republic uh, for an organization that we work with actually called Josiah Venture. Um, He uh, has had a great time using some of that field experience with with one mission, does some really, really unique stuff um, around partnerships that I think you'll find really valuable today. So, uh, Nate, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Gabe. It's good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you ended up at One Mission, and even just kind of tell us a little bit of One Mission story. Yeah, so I've been at One Mission for three and a half years. Uh, One Mission's been around for nine uh, One Mission was really born out of uh, our founder seeing house building done in a way that was damaging and not really helping communities. And so he'd been a part of numerous uh, building projects in Mexico and eventually said, there's got to be a better way. Um, Got connected to people who helped him understand holistic community development, understanding the importance of dignity and worth and earning uh, your house. And so that's essentially what, uh, what we do is we give people the opportunity to earn a house by serving their community. Mm. That's amazing. I, um, I've been so excited just learning about One Mission and how you guys are even kind of disrupting this uh, house building space by giving people back their dignity and um, super, super innovative on the program side. I'd say your your fundraising is probably equally innovative. You guys have done some um, super interesting stuff. And so I know we're going to talk about your partner program in a minute, but um, can you talk a little bit about your kind of overall fundraising marketing program, your monthly giving program, kind of give us a picture of what that looks like for you? Yeah. So even before we jump into that, like you described my title, right? VP of partnerships. And uh, essentially, it's it's fundraising. It's what other people call development, whatever you want to call it. Um, we've intentionally called it partnerships, not to have some clever name to mask what we're doing, but to really describe what our team's about. So we're about creating real, genuine partnerships. And genuine partnerships mean that there's there's a relationship and there's give and take, right? And so um, you'll even hear that as maybe we talk about some of our other programs, but we, we want to add value to our partners. Some of that value comes from just donating to something that someone believes in, but sometimes like people want something to tell the story, to, to engage, uh, with, with the people that they're working with, the people they're around. And so, so that's really, it's a really key phrase for us. It's something that I talk about with my team, with our whole team, like we're about partnerships, genuine partnerships that are about building relationships that are more than just a transaction. That's great. I yeah. love to hear that. And so how's that working your way out? I know uh, you guys have a unique, um, well, there's some bigger partner programs, but then you have a monthly giving program. So how does, what does that look like tactically? Yeah. So our monthly giving program, I mean, it's, it's pretty basic. Everyone, you know, has a monthly <laughs> yeah. giving program. So there's nothing special about, about mm-hmm. that. 
Um, probably what's unique is the fact that we just give a couple little incentives throughout the process. So, uh, our monthly giving program is called the supply yard. Mm. You know, people are, and, and we create, we've created these giving handles. So $10 a month buys a bag of concrete, $30 a month, uh, buys a window, $50 a month buys a door for a house, give people kind of a visual about, Oh, this is what I'm providing to help mm. put a family in a house. But within that, um, whenever someone joins the supply yard, we give them a t-shirt. Again, right. it's nothing fancy, but just saying, hey, you're a part of something mm -hmm. bigger and you're a part of this, this specific part of our tribe who's giving monthly. Mm -hmm. And then we've, we've begun rolling out an anniversary program. So after a year of being on, uh, the, the, in the supply yard, we'll just send you a note. Hey, we're so grateful mm -hmm. you've contributed for a year, actually a year of $10 a month that's enough concrete to pour a foundation for a home. Yeah. And that just lifts their eyes up like, oh wow, $10 a month may feel small, but it's actually mm -hmm. super significant, right? At three years, we're gonna send them a new shirt. I say gonna send them because yeah. our monthly program is so <laughs> short that yeah. we actually have few people yeah. who have done that. But yeah. it's like, hey, after three years, it's yeah. probably time for a new yeah. shirt. Yeah. And it's just a reminder like, hey, we know you're there. Because yeah. I think a lot of organizations like set it and forget it. Yeah. That's and that's great. something that we just don't want to be about. No, I love that. Uh, the, you know, people talk about growing generosity. Um, and one of the first questions we like to ask is, so how are you being generous? So generosity begets generosity. And so, um, all the great organizations have learned to, to give to their donors in extravagant and interesting and creative ways, because it turns out when you're generous, it inspires generosity. And so I love that. The other thing I'll tell you, is I'll shut up because I want you to talk, but uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through Facebook ads this week and a buddy of mine has a, a video, a good friend that owns a wine bar down the street from us, and he's sitting there mixing his, his newest wine cocktail for his Facebook ad in his One Mission shirt. Nice, and so well I can, done. Yeah, I cannot escape the One Mission shirt. So whatever you're doing around the t-shirts, it is working. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming the response has been great from these folks. I'm assuming people like being a part of something like that. People love it. And you know, I think probably you will get people who probably sign up because they want the shirt, right? They can. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You can only get this exclusive shirt by being yeah. a monthly donor. Yeah. And we've had people who are like, I have every other one mission shirt, but yeah. I can't get that one. <laughs> and so they that's sign great. up that's and awesome. it just, but it shows like their buy-in is much bigger, right? They've been on trips with us. They've bought all of our other shirts. And they're just saying, oh, okay, well, I'll buy into that to, yeah. to get this, this shirt. So That's great. Yeah, I love that. So you guys are looking at partnership stuff all the time. So in thinking about how to treat your donors, so as, as you look at opportunities like these innovative opportunities, how do you decide which ones to take, which ones not to take? Because um, you, you can only handle so much, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. So we kind of operate off of what we call like a 10x principle mm -hmm. that essentially we'll say we'll invest – a certain amount of money if we believe that it'll net a 10x result. Right. So for instance, uh, we've just now partnered with a, a music festival up in Prescott, Arizona. Cool. Uh, it's going to be in a couple weeks. It was a $7,000 sponsorship. We're the title sponsor of this event. Um, and basically we said, what if we're going to invest $7,000, then we need to net 
what, 70, yeah, right? Yeah, Somehow. Yeah, yeah. And so went through a really quick, and the big call to action at that event is going to be the monthly giving program. It's easy for people to buy in. It's proven successful. Lots of organizations try and get people to buy into their monthly giving program at concerts. We've tested this out a little bit. And so basically to do quick math, what I did is I said, there's supposed to be 6,000 people at this, uh, this event. The previous concerts we've sponsored, we've converted at about 7% of the concert goers have signed up for a monthly giving program. Average donation is $30 a month. And that would net us 250 people That's great. at 300 at $30 a month. That's $7,500 a month times that by 12, 12 as well over 70,000. That's great. So that was our aggressive goal. Cause I don't actually mm -hmm. know we've never sponsored a festival <laughs> before. Right. So that's like, that's best case scenario. We get 250 people to join our monthly uh -huh. giving program at $30 a month. That's so great. then I said, well, what happens if half the people show up that this, the organizers say are going to be there. So yeah. 3000. And what if we only convert three and a half percent? So ran the same algorithm. That's 105 people sign up at $30 a month. That's, three thousand mm -hmm. dollars a month well the average giver gives for two years mm -hmm. so there's my seven there's my seventy thousand yeah. back so yeah again it's a risk yeah. but we're willing to take those risks calculated that yeah. are based on previous factors yeah and say okay we'll take this risk um in an effort to move a program forward in a That's program right. that we think is excellent we believe in what we do as an yeah. organization and we've got some previous factors that we're able to rely upon to say this shouldn't work. Yeah, so you can call right. me back for another podcast yeah. when I'm like, Hey, that's I lost great. our organization $7,000 because it failed. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things we talk about. So in the like agile sort of startup space, you you're always looking for the ability to test a hypothesis. So you want an innovative culture where you can try stuff yep. and test it. And so you, there's this idea of a minimum viable product. Like yep. what can I try out there to see if the results stick or not? And I think in the nonprofit space, um, especially, you know, it's the same with our space, but I think there's this idea of we'll maybe call it a minimum excellent product. And yeah. so like, what is a minimum huh. thing that I get out there that really honors my brand that I'm proud of that I'm stoked, I'm stoked about? So even if I don't do it next year, I look back and say, that was really fun, but then you learn something and you know it works and why it doesn't work. So, yeah, and I'm really thankful. The culture within One Mission is definitely a, a risk-taking culture. It's awesome. And it's easier to take risks when you're hitting like your goals <laughs> for the year. So it's like we're at the end of the year. We seem to be on track for what our goals are for the year. So we're a bit more risky now. Yeah. And if it pays off, then we'll know what to invest in in the future. Oh, that's great. Um, okay, so one of the big risks and probably the most innovative things that, that I've seen done across all the nonprofits that we talk to is you guys' house-to-house program. So I'd, I'd love you, I mean, of, of all the partnership stuff I've seen, that one's probably the most amazing. So I'd love you to talk about how you ended up getting that in place, you know, out of all things and, and tell everybody what it is. Yeah, so our house-to-house -house program is our partnership with people in that real estate industry, primarily real estate agents, but it, we have mortgage lenders, we have title agents, we have different people from, we have a solar salesman who's participating. Yeah. So can kind of hit the whole spectrum, but really the sweet spots, real estate agents. And it came about in a really like organic way. We had a, a real estate agent was down on a trip, built a house, came back, called our VP of operations and was like, Hey, 
I want to figure out a way to make a bigger difference in our industry. Um, I want to figure out a way to give back. So I met with him and we went on this kind of year and a half long journey, me learning a lot about the real estate industry, him helping me learn and kind of working together to craft and create this program, which we just launched in April, giving real estate agents an opportunity to give a portion of their commission to put a family in a house. So, I mean, it's the best of all like the social marketing world, right? The best ones are the ones that tie the industries together, right? So Tom's is like the most famous, right? You buy a pair of shoes, he gives a pair of shoes away. The worst are the weird, like buy a candle and we donate five cents to some food. (laughs) Like you're like, well, I don't understand like where the connect is. So this is obviously easy for us. Agents are helping families buy homes they're helping people get into homes. We're helping people get into homes. Yeah. So oh, super there's, exciting. There's so many great things about the program, like real estate uh, agents are connectors anyway. Yeah. They're sitting with this family telling them that their commissions are going here. So automatically you're reaching two families yep. with every single one. You do it at this moment where they get this windfall of cash in the form of their commission. So they're capable of giving at that moment. Like, Everything about that program, I thought, man, that's that's ingenious. There's so much money in the housing industry. And that was yeah. some of what, what my, my, my friend was like kind of upset about. He's yeah. like, this industry is so greedy. Yeah. He's like, that's we great. have so much potential to do good. Yeah. Um, and it's and we're seeing such great fruit from it. It's really uh, exciting. That's amazing. Um okay, so one thing I know you guys still have uh, a portion of your gifts come from major donors yep. and with all of this crazy innovative stuff going on um you're still having to sort of cultivate this major donor strategy too so how do you think about that how do you work this in with everything else you're doing how do they fit in the overall scheme yeah so major well it's interesting i think because and we may get into this later but um because really what pushed one mission forward is some of our peer to peer stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of our demographic has been very geared, geared very much to the younger side. Yep. So I don't know what our average age donor is, but it's probably like 35 or 40, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's parents of teenage girls who mm-hmm. gave up their birthday. Yeah. Um, That's right. It's the cyclists who go on our bike rides. It's, I mean, the 30 to 50 age range mm-hmm. is for sure our sweet spot. Well, that's very different than a lot of, yeah. of, of organizations. Yeah. So when you say major gifts, there's like a few major gift donors. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of times if you got a growing family, like yeah. people are still starting to hit their stride in those ages. Mm-hmm. So we do have a future few major gift donors, um, who are professional athletes. Yeah. So it makes yeah. it kind of unique in one sense in that they have a short window where yep. they're making a crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and their accessibility is a bit different. Mm. So it's really one of those situations that, that came up for us. That was just a really beautiful like yeah. thing that happened that we didn't, haven't had to put a lot of work in. That's great. We still cultivate. So it's mm-hmm. very important to us that we report back to all of our donors where their money's gone. Mm. So we operate off of a hundred percent principle where all of our, all uh, public donations, a hundred percent go to projects and programs on the field and all of the money is tied directly to a family. That's great. And so we're able to report back to everyone, Hey, here's the family your money went to. And here's a picture of them standing in front of their house when it's finished. Mm -hmm. So 
in the same way we want to value all of our donors, whether it's the $10 a month person who we give a t-shirt to, or it's this $150,000 donations from major league baseball players, we want to report back. So we've done different things with them where we've created, you know, a, a, a picture book that tells the story of every family. So they're funding 25 families at yeah, a time yeah. and we'd create a book for them that they get to put on their coffee table and, and read through. So, you know, it's all, again, it's about the partnership. Three, we have three baseball players. I've only met one of them mm -hmm. because the accessibility is a bit different, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm still reporting back to them and making sure they know like, Hey, yeah. you're a valuable part of our organization uh, and, and moving the needle forward for yeah. us. Man, I think that's critical for organizations. A couple of things you said there, but one of the biggest ones is just creating um, uh, transparency, particularly around impact. Yeah. And so I, there's a couple of big shifts that I really appreciate you guys have done. Is one is just a culture of transparency. Like we we tell our donors what's being accomplished, and sometimes it's even telling them bad stuff. It's yeah. like, man, that didn't go so well. Yeah. And so that's huge. But then it's also having some of like the the infrastructure, the diligence to get the infrastructure in place where your program team's actually talking to your fundraising team. Yep. So you actually have access to that information. And so it's a big deal. Yeah, that happened today. Actually, we, uh, well, actually the realtor who start who helped us start this program, uh, he don't want to muddle with all the details, but he, we allowed him to choose the family that he mm -hmm. wanted his donation to go to because he was going to fund a whole house for a family. Yeah. Yeah. And so he sent me this link saying, here's the family I want to fund. And I went into our, our system and looked and I was like, oh, this family's actually already funded. Yeah. And so I contacted our operations team and said, hey, how Great. fluid is this? Are we yeah. able to like move this money to a different yeah. family so that he can fund this family? And because we have this relationship yeah. and I know where to get the information, it was easy. Yep, That's we great. haven't communicated with this other donor yet. So... Chris That's can have great. this family. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's so, amazing. Yep. Oh, that's great. Um, uh, you know, that's probably good. I kind of want to finish things off here today by doing what we typically do at the end, which is a bit of a lightning round. And so yeah. just kind of ask you a couple of quick questions and let you shoot from the hip and yep. see how it goes. Is that all right? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So first one is a book that you've read this year, the last couple of years had the biggest impact on you. Um, I read a lot of books. I probably emotionally healthy church, mm. very good Peter Scazzaro pastor who ran himself and his family into the ground yeah, yeah, and then yeah. had to learn the hard way, you know, and I think probably more than anything because, um, as, as pastors, elders, church leaders, uh, it's, we, we forget the importance of the emotional side of our lives. You know, it's the spiritual or the tactile things that we do mm -hmm. that matter and we get disconnected from our emotions and yep. what's happening internally. So we either shut those things off and they die or we learn how to listen to our emotions. And so I don't know what I'm doing yet with yeah. that, but I'm like yeah. trying to learn that's and that's great. why it's had such a big impact. So I love it. I love it. Um, favorite podcast right now. I'm not a huge podcast listener, um, but uh, the Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's what I've been. That's probably what I, like yeah. one of the only ones I've listened to recently. Um, and then favorite kind of habit you use to stay sane in your life right now, like exercise, diet, do yoga. What what do you got to kind of keep sane? I know you got a, a new little kid at home yep. and a crazy job. So yeah, what's your favorite habit? Um, you know I. I 
like to get up early in the morning. So even with a uh, little infinite home, even if I get to bed late, I kind of need those, those early morning hours to just calibrate my life. So pretty much up at 5am every morning I have my boys get up early. So I have to beat my family to the punch where I can kind of calibrate, pray, think through my day and get myself right. So that when the craziness hits, the boys run out of the room, the baby starts crying. My wife gets up, I'm ready to like love and serve yeah. them. So dude, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Well, hey, Nate, thanks again for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. So glad you stopped by. Yeah, so uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. To learn more or to subscribe to the Modern Nonprofit Fundraiser podcast, visit virtuouscrm.com.